0: Hey there, this is Robin Walker, business consultant to female entrepreneurs. I help women like you find more strategy and focus in your business. Today we are talking to Carol Cox. Carol is the founder and CEO of Speaking Your Brand, a coaching and training company that helps high-performing, purpose-driven women entrepreneurs and professionals create their signature talks and thought leadership platforms. That's exactly what we're going to be talking about today on this episode, is thought leadership for female entrepreneurs. You may not have heard that term or may not be exactly sure what it is, and that's okay. Carol is going to share with us how to figure out what is your thought leadership, how you figure out what you have to say, and how are some different ways you can bring that into your business, as well as apply that to different speaking opportunities. It was a really wonderful conversation. Carol is just a delight. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode. If you're looking for more content around standing out as an expert in your industry or how to be seen and be known in your community, I would like to invite you to the 6th Annual Lakeside Conference for Female Entrepreneurs. We are going to be meeting in the Southeast Wisconsin area about an hour from Chicago and Milwaukee on April 11th. We have speakers, we have interviews, we have hot seats, and we even have time for some mastermind circles. So if this is something that you would like in your business, we are focusing on standing out, being seen, being known, and grabbing attention with video marketing. We're even going to do a live video lab so that you can walk away with a reel to use in your business. If you'd like information on that, you can go to bit.ly slash 2022, the numbers, Lakeside Conference. And I'll put all that in the show notes bit.ly slash 2022, Lakeside Conference. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Women's Business Workshop Podcast, Carol.
1: Hi Robin. I'm so glad Hi. to be here.
0: Yes, I've been so looking forward to our conversation. So Carol for our listeners is in Florida and I am in Wisconsin. <laughs> so-
1: I must say we have much better weather right now than you do. 100 <laughs> percent. So I'm uh, really looking forward to you to
0: bring bringing some of that sunshine to our northern northern listeners. For I will sure. Be, I'll be down there in about a month or so. So I'll, uh, look you up and see if you're free for coffee. Sounds good. As, as all of us, I think the majority of the state either has gone down by you in the last month or so, or is planning on it in the next 30 days.
1: Oh yes. We definitely get this is our snowbird time yes. of year for sure.
0: Yes, absolutely. Have you always lived in Florida?
1: Yeah. So I was born and raised in South Florida. So the Palm beach County area. And then now I live in Orlando where I've lived for almost 20 years. So, you know, pretty, a significant portion of my adult life and my career. And so, yeah, I've, I've definitely been heavily involved in the Orlando community, whether it's local politics, women's entrepreneurship as you know, for those entire 20 years.
0: Yes. I was so impressed with all the the things that you're involved in. Very inspiring. Can you share with the listeners a little bit about your business?
1: Sure. So my business is called Speaking Your Brand, which is also the name of my podcast, Speaking Your Brand. And we help women entrepreneurs craft their signature talks and their thought leadership message and platforms. Our clients come to us because they already enjoy public speaking. And we we always get some nerves. Like, yeah, you know, everyone always has a little sure. bit of nerves in public speaking, but they're not deathly afraid of it. They enjoy public speaking. They want to get better at it. And of course, over the past 2 years that has primarily been virtual presentations. Now, fingers crossed. We were getting back to some in-person events and conferences. And so, you know, getting back on those stages, doing TEDx talks and really getting their messages out to a broader audience and also getting paid to speak and increasing their speaking fees as they develop their thought leadership.
0: And that term thought leadership for someone listening, that's not familiar with that term. How would you describe that?
1: you can Google thought leader and you're probably going to get a, a bunch of different answers. Here's how I look at thought leadership and is specifically for the women that we work with is to me, a thought leader is someone who has a distinct perspective, a distinct point of view in their industry, in their area of expertise, that they want to talk about, that they want to shine a light on, that things can be different, things can be better. And so they're willing to talk about it in maybe ways that other people in their industry or area are not yet talking about it. And they're also, they're bold in their conviction. They're, they're willing also to put their own personal story, their own personal journey into their big idea. So I think of thought leadership as having four layers. The bottom layer is your area of expertise. That's your credibility. The second layer on top of that is your big idea. So where where do you need to challenge the status quo of what's going on? And then the third layer on top of that is your personal story, your personal journey. Why does this idea matter to you specifically? There's lots of ideas out there, why this one? And then the fourth layer on the very top is the emotional courage to share it, to dig deep. And when you dig deep, you help your audience to open up and to think deeper and to think bigger. For themselves as well.
0: Oh, I love that, and I love the layers. Now, nobody push, pause, or stop yet.
1: If that, if that sounds out of your comfort zone, (laughs) we'll get. It should. Well, I and I want it to feel a little bit out of your comfort zone because that's that's my role here is to is to help people push themselves a little bit. And there there will be a time and a place for that. It may not be right now in this moment or this quarter or this year, but at some point you may decide that, frankly, you like you're just bored teaching and training on the same things. I I find this a lot with clients. They're really good as workshop facilitators and as trainers and conference breakout sessions and they know their stuff. And then they get to the point where they're like, you know what, I wanna share more of me because I wanna learn more about my audience as well. And the only way I'm gonna do that is if I'm willing to open up. Sure. I would think there's probably
0: a gap between um, someone who's been running their business for a while, like you said, and then really taking that leap Do you see common roadblocks or common things that kind of keep them stuck, not jumping forward with it?
1: Yes. And so the one area is what I call the expert trap. And for a lot of women, this is where we get stuck because we are very smart. We're very good at what we do in our area of expertise. We are highly valued for it. We get clients for it. We have perhaps degrees, credentials that reinforce our value in that area of expertise. And so what happens is though that we feel like we are, we can't share opinions or think bigger or more and and talk about things that perhaps are not directly in our area of expertise. I see this a lot with media. Uh, You know, I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter because of my background in politics and I'll see journalists who want people to, to contribute to the articles that they're working on. And they say that they cannot find women to quote in the articles because not enough women, like you know, raise their hand and volunteer to be in the media. I think it's because we, we feel number one, we feel like maybe we're not expert enough. Number two is because we feel perhaps a potential backlash from having a public presence and a public voice. And I know that I have experienced that many of our clients have. And that's why number one, don't read the comments (laughs) online. And number two, find that support community. I know Robin, you offer that support community to your clients, find that support community where you, you can be lifted up and you don't have to go to go through this alone as a public voice, as a woman.
0: I was going to ask about the fear component of it, especially with social media and you know, we all talk about wanting visibility and, and really wanting to get known and, and have an audience and but with it does come that unknown if you're not if this is new to you or if that vulnerability I'm sure is is definitely something that holds people back.
1: It it can for sure. I always like to say, you know, it's it's easier the more you do it because you do build up those muscles and you and you learn that it's kind of, it's par for the course and it, and it's unfortunate. And uh, frankly, it sucks that women have to deal with this and black women and women of color have to deal with both sexism and racism that that gets hurled at them. But I strongly believe that the only way we advance women in leadership and achieve gender equality is for more women to be willing to step up and do this, despite the, you know, the downsides that can happen, not always, it doesn't always happen, but can happen.
0: Sure. Do you see a certain trigger or a certain event that like a certain thing that happens that they're like, okay, now I'm ready or I'm ready to at least explore what this might, you know, stepping out of my comfort zone?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Robin. What comes to mind is what I mentioned before, they just kind of get bored with doing the same things that they're doing uh, all the time. So they, they just know that they want to explore something else. That's one. Number two is that they see other women that they admire who are doing TEDx talks or being profiled in the media and they think, well, I would like that for myself too. How, how can I achieve that? How can that be possible?
0: Yeah. And like that support community you mentioned too, how many of you listening have had someone in your community say you should totally talk at this conference or have you ever shared this or why are you not on so-and-so's podcast? We've all had people try to push us to that point, but it's good to listen to those voices.
1: Yes. You know, if someone else is encouraging you to do it, that should give you even more impetus to do it because they believe in you. And it's just a matter of not even so much believing in yourself, but just, just write the email, send the pitch, submit the speaking proposal. I think maybe we tend to overthink things too much, and maybe that's oh, where per- yeah. the perfectionism comes in like oh the podcast pitch isn't good enough or the speaking proposal isn't good enough and i long ago abandoned perfectionism because honestly i just ran out of time in the day in the week i just couldn't do it anymore and i decided you know my 80 percent is good enough and it is
0: for me as a podcast host the emails i get that are from the actual person and they're just reaching out saying hey i you know, think I would be a good fit, you know, the real casual ones that feel personal, they're not perfect. And that's what I love about them. When I get one, that is obviously a form letter that, you know, everyone gets, they don't even know who I am. I love when they say, oh, I've listened to your podcast and they're pitching someone who doesn't even fit my audience. Or they say, I love that you have this many episodes. And you're like, actually I have double, but thanks for obviously you've listened So the imperfection, I think, especially as women, like I find that so endearing (laughs) when, when people are approaching me and they're just being real.
1: And it normalizes it and validates it for all of us. And that, and that goes with our pitching and also just sharing stories. And, and, you know, if we think about for your listeners who are public speakers or who want to do more public speaking, I remember I did a podcast episode on my podcast back in 2020. And it was one that where I shared a very kind of personal, vulnerable story. And I had so many women reach out to me afterwards, past clients, women who ended up becoming clients. And they said to me like, Carol, you know, we see you as being so perfect and I'm like, okay, well far from it, but you know, when you have a podcast and you have a public presence, like that's, that's kind of the, the image that goes out there. And I'm like, no, no, I'm far, I'm far from perfect. And they said that me sharing that made me so much more relatable But then they realize like, oh, like Carol understands the challenges and the struggles because she's done them. She's experienced them as well. So therefore she would be a great coach because she would understand I'm also going through these things. And that's what happens when we share those types of stories.
0: For sure. And I I do think it's kind of a hard balance between trying to still be professional because if people are going to be paying you money, they want, you don't want to be a total hot mess and- right. You know, advertise that, but at the same time, you don't want to be so out of touch that no one thinks that you'll understand where they're coming from. So do you see a line? Like, do you think there's ever sharing too much or too personal or is, because sometimes I'll see a post from someone and I'll cringe and think, oh my God, I don't need to know that about your child or something that just feels really too personal? Do you think there's a
1: line or no? I think there's a line for each individual person and for that, and for the person on the other end receiving it. And sometimes those match, like whatever I share may be the perfect level of personal for the person who's reading it or listening on the other end. And for some, it may be not personal enough. And for others, it may be too personal. I think it is so relative. And, but I will say that My, my philosophy, and I share this with my clients is that you can share your own story, your own experience, not other people's. So I'm very hesitant about people sharing something that happened to them where it's clear who the other person is Mm -hmm. and it puts them in a bad light. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not, that's not okay. In my book, because I think then that ends up looking bad upon you as the person doing the sharing.
0: I agree because everybody figures it out. And then it almost looks like you're being cryptic and not genuine or authentic. So yeah, I, I agree with that. Can we talk a little more about thought leadership? Just as a question for me, is this about having something proprietary, so to speak, that is your stance on something in the industry, as far as how you, let's say you're a coach, it's like your process and what you do, or is it more about, this is a thought I really believe about female entrepreneurs and it drives my business or a little of both?
1: It can be uh, either of those, a combination of those, and even something that's a little bit separate from the business itself. So I think of thought leadership as a parallel track to your business. If you think about your business, you have your marketing messaging, you have your sales messaging, and that's very much tied to client or prospective client you have a problem i have a solution for you you know you have a need i have a solution and offer a program for you so that's that's clear you know so, uh, problem solution thought leadership runs parallel to your business in the sense that it should have it should be related somewhat because you don't want to be doing a whole bunch of extra work for no reason but it's not a sales message it's not a marketing message it's more like audience have you thought about this What would happen if you did? How could our community, industry, society be so much better if we took a look at these things that we're not talking enough about yet? So let me give you a concrete example. Obviously with my company, Speaking Your Brand, our signature program is called the Thought Leader Academy. So we, women come in and they work on their thought leadership message, their signature talk speaking fees etc on the sales page for the thought leader academy that's what i talk about you have a problem you have this desire here's the solution for you my thought leadership message is around the importance of more women having a public voice more women using public speaking to advance women in leadership and advance gender equality and us shifting how we see public speaking it's been a very masculine like wh- how we look at public speaking is very masculine hierarchical one way an ego-based versus a more feminist way of looking at public speaking, collaborative, two-way, relational, all of those things. So that's my thought leadership message. But at the top of my sales page, I'm not going to say join the Thought Leader Academy to advance gender equality. Like, sure, I want that, but that's not, people aren't going to buy that.
0: Right, right. (laughs) So it's a little more about your values and your mission than structural business uh, framework or... Correct.
1: Yes. So, but then here's how the thought leadership is an ROI back into the business. So when you have a strong thought leadership message that you put out consistently, whether it's on your own podcast, like you do Robin, or it's in social media posts, your email newsletter, etc. Then you start getting picked up for media coverage. Uh, Like, so I've been featured in Forbes. A couple of times because of my thought leadership, you start winning awards, you get inbound speaking invitations, you can raise your speaking fees, you get new clients. So your thought leadership ends up coming back into to benefit your business, but it's just, but it's not the same message that you're selling in your business.
0: Sure. So what about women who run their business and they say, you know, I, I just do this. I, you know, I'm just a physical therapist. I don't have any big grand thoughts that, that I need the world, world to hear. What, what would you say to someone like that? that I say that's, that's okay.
1: I mean, if they truly like, if they are completely satisfied running their business, working with their clients that they have, they're good with the, the level that their business at is at their revenue, you know, all of those types of things, then great. Like enjoy your business, enjoy the time that you have with your family, your friends, you know, your hobbies, what have you like this? I'm not telling everyone that they have to do this. I'm merely inviting you to think about what would it look like if you did? Is this something that's of interest to you? Do you have something bigger that you want to share with more people? And if you did, here's some ways to look at, to go about doing that. Do you have a
0: process Mm -hmm. for women maybe that don't see that they have a story to tell or but they actually do and have you know a process i assume to kind of pull that out of us
1: yeah so about half the women who come to us they know their story like they because you know this is something that they they just have they know and they think about it all the time and the other half come to us and say i don't think i have a story and i said oh yes you do and this is why we do one-on-one coaching calls in all of the programs that we run because it's through the one-on-one coaching calls that we pull out the story. I just had a call yesterday as as of when we're recording this with a a client and she kind of said, well, I have this story but I talk about it all the time. So I wanna find something new. And so then we started going deeper. And so like a 45 minute coaching session. And by the end she's like, she said, I had no idea that story was gonna come out. And that's exactly the story that needed to come out.
0: Yeah, I struggle with that when I am writing things to use for my speaking events it's when you sit down to write it you totally blank on any stories and so a couple years ago I asked my oldest daughter you know I said I I really want to share a story and this is where I'm going and this is like you know what I and I'm this is probably way backwards to the way that you do it (laughs) so um and she's like how about that time that you totally wiped out on the ski hill in front of my whole school I was like, you know what? Actually, that is the perfect story, but I wouldn't have thought of it because I think I pretty much blacked out that story because it was so embarrassing.
1: That's actually a really good tip. Ask your family members and close friends for stories because they probably will remember things that you have totally blocked off. Yeah. And, and it made speaking so much easier
0: because for that whole section of my presentation, I didn't have to look at my notes because I could tell the story because I lived it. And so for me that it just made it easier.
1: Yes. And this is what, you know, when, when we help our clients build their signature talks, after we kind of get it done, we have, we have a whole process and framework that we use to do that. And after it's done and they have their whole talk from beginning to end, I say to them, you could go deliver this tomorrow. Now, would it be perfect? No. Would you forget some spots? Sure. But it's your content and your stories. We just put it into a flow to to take your audience on a journey so that they they feel like they feel the emotions and they learn the lessons along with you.
0: Yes, for sure. I think the more, and you know, I have high schoolers and when they're in the speech class, nobody wants to be. And that's <laughs> my, always my suggestion is talk about something you know or you love so that if you stumble, you at least can. Throw something out there.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: I, I love the idea of a of a signature speech as well. That this is your story. This is this is the one you can offer. And then within that, as far as content-wise, do you suggest taking clips of that out to use in your marketing? Or is this something more just you keep separate as
1: a presentation? Oh, yes. I did an episode several years ago called 16 Ways You Can Use Your Signature Talk. There are so many ways. Website copy, email nurture sequences, social media posts, articles, speaking proposals, podcast pitches, video scripts. Like, They're reusing and reuse it because that's your foundation for why you do what you do, who you help, and why it matters.
0: Um, If you want to send me that link, I'd be happy to link it in the show notes. Okay. Well. Yes. Carol has a podcast as well. Speaking your brand. Yes. Um, definitely check that out. It has a lot of lot of great information to further further these topics. And if Carol, if someone wants to connect with you online, where can they find you?
1: So I do have a, a free guide, a thought leadership workbook that will go into more depth into what we talked about today. And there's some question prompts in there. And that's a speakingyourbrand.com slash guide. And then of course the podcast, Speaking Your Brand, has Uh, lots of episodes there to check out. And then I, I am mostly on LinkedIn. So you can find me, just do a search for Carol Cox and you'll find me there.
0: Great. And I like to do an action step that people can take. So obviously I would suggest for them to go get your free workbook would be uh, an excellent first step, but do you have any action step for anyone who's, who's thinking maybe this, they don't have a story to tell?
1: Yeah, so I would say start, well, the one thing that you can do is to think about what's an experience you've had in your life. It could have been when you were young, you know, very young, high school age, college age, or as an adult. What's an experience that kind of just sticks in your mind? Like you always come back to it and that experience taught you something or caused a pivot. So maybe you thought you were going to go one way in your life or your career or your business, and you ended up redirecting somewhere else. What did that experience teach you? What did you learn about yourself? Like what were the emotions behind it? And then how did it lead you to where you are today? I love
0: it. All right, we will include all of that in the show notes. It has just been such a pleasure to have you on, Carol, and I've learned a lot, and I'm definitely interested in learning
1: more. Thank you, Robin. Glad to be here.
0: All right, everyone, go check out all of Carol's great stuff that she has out there and connect with her through the links in the show notes. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and go get back to work.